Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today I want to talk about how do you keep the conversation going when you're in a long-term relationship? Michelle and I have been together for four years now. I think we're coming up on, are we coming up on five this year? Wow, that's wild. Uh, And we went out to dinner the other night, and I got to tell you, I was bored. I know. This is something that I don't hear people talking about, but I know it happens. Because I'm always fascinated when I see couples who've been together for 10, 20, 30 years, and they go out to dinner together, and I go, what do you talk about after all this time? And I found myself really bored. And I was embarrassed by it. I was like, I read a lot. I I have a lot of experiences. Michelle reads and does a lot. I'm like, clearly we should be able to sit at dinner for a couple hours and really have a, a wonderfully engaging conversation. Right? Because during the week, we both have such wild schedules that even though we do make time for each other in the evening, it, it's there's not a lot of conversation uh, because you're just kind of winding down and enjoying being in the space of each other. So when we go out to dinner, I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, man, so so much has happened today. and um, But I find that um, we typically don't have this back and forth. And I notice it because when I talk to my, I have three sisters. When I talk to two of my sisters, we we can talk on the phone for hours. You know, they're just people that you can talk on the phone for hours to. And then I have a, a third sister who maybe we can talk on the phone for 10 minutes, right? 10, 20 minutes tops. But 10 minutes is, is really where we cap off. And that's just the nature of our relationship. Michelle and I, we... We kind of have this in between where we, we, we've never really had that um, quick back and forth, but we have been we have had uh, moments where we could have uh, extended conversations, and I was like, "Why is this so painful?" And I know you're like, "Why is this important?" Boredom, in and in itself, is not detrimental to to mental health or. Or, um, or or any issues, but chronic boredom without adequate stimulation or engagement can have negative effects. You know, when you when you don't have stimulation, right? Um, that can it can uh, you know you start to feel disinterested. It could lead to feelings of restlessness and and dissatisfaction. I find myself like looking around, and, and Michelle and I have made it a rule to not look at our cell phones, right? We're like, we're not going to look at our cell phones. We're not going to be that couple. Because I was looking around, and I noticed other couples were looking at their cell phones. And I'm like, no. When we go out to dinner, it's us, eye contact. And if we have to sit through painful boredom, and then that's what it's going to be. But I don't want to numb out. You know, I, I really want, to, want it to be a space for us to check in with each other, have a conversation, talk about the things that you know maybe we haven't been able to get to throughout the week. And so I really wanted that, but I, I was like, I'm so, and I felt guilty. I got to be honest. I felt guilty for being, I'm like, how could I be bored? I'm here with a beautiful woman. We're at a great restaurant. 
we're on a patio, this is wonderful. But these negative emotions, this frustration, is I was getting, I felt irritable and I was kind of sad. Like, is this how we are now? Like, or, or you know, four or five years in, um, and and then it just made the experience kind of feel uh, empty and, and meaningless on some level. Where it's like, well, why even come to dinner if we're going to be bored? You know, that it just my my thoughts started catastrophizing and, and exacerbating the situation, right? Um, and if you're a person who struggle with chronic boredom, you may find that it, it's increased your stress. It may have impaired your cognitive function. Uh, if you start trying to escape into unhealthy behaviors, like I said, like I, I was like, ah, I want to pull out my phone. I want to, uh, you know, do something to liven this up, you know, do some cocaine, like, like something crazy, you know, let's, let's rob a bank, you know, something to add some, some excitement to it. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to make a confession to you, another confession. I come home, and I, I'm so distraught over this. And, and the fact that we've been together for this long, and I'm just now feeling this, lets you know that, you know, we've been crushing it. Like, we've, we've clearly have, uh, set an expectation of how we are together. So this is kind of shocking and jarring to me. I was like, what, what is this? So I come home, and I actually put it in chat GPT. Now, if you don't know, I love ChatGPT for this. If you're upset about something, bothered by what your friend said or did, and if you put into your ChatGPT your experience of it, ChatGPT will give you advice. I was like, I, because it was late at night when we got back, and I was like, I, I didn't know who to call. And, uh, and so here's what ChatGPT said, right? Because I shared with it exactly what I shared with you. And ChatGPT said, it's understandable that you might feel frustrated and disappointed when you share personal experiences and don't receive the engagement or depth of conversation you were hoping for. So basically, I had shared some things that I had experienced through that day. And I was kind of getting these, um, uh, you know, like one word answers. It didn't, everything that, nothing that I shared really sparked a conversation. It was just, like she acknowledged it, responded, but there wasn't this like back and forth. Um, and so ChatGPT continues to say, it's important to communicate your feelings to your girlfriend in a calm and understanding manner. Here are a few suggestions on how to approach the situation. So it said, one, express your feelings. Share with your girlfriend how you felt during the dinner and let her know that you were hoping for a more engaging conversation. Now, I talked about what I shared. Michelle also shared things from her day, but nothing really, nothing really got it. You know, it's like when you watch a tennis match, um, you like to see a, a nice little volley for a, a while, right? A little back and forth. Um, so ChatGPT said, use I statements to avoid sounding accusatory. For example, I felt a bit frustrated when I was hoping for a more in-depth conversation about my day, right? Uh, number two, Ask open-ended questions. Encourage a deeper conversation by asking open-ended questions about her day or thoughts on the topic you brought up. This might prompt her to share more and contribute to a more meaningful discussion. Three, communicate your desire for more interactive conversations and let her know that you value the depth of your, of your discussions. Explain that you find it fulfilling to explore each other's thoughts and feelings. Number four, and we have one more after this. Consider that she may have had a tiring or busy day 
and her ability to engage in the conversation might be influenced by external factors. Be patient and understanding, allowing space for her to share when she's ready. Number four really struck a chord because I didn't realize how tired Michelle was that day. We went out on a Friday, and Michelle really hadn't gotten uh, sleep the past two nights. Sometimes Mila wakes up at, at wild hours, uh, and Michelle has to, to wake up then and, uh, and either take her for a walk or, or help her poop or, or what have you. Um, so, and then, you know, with work all day, so she was really tired. So she was so tired, in fact, that when we were driving back home, that uh, the car was uh, uh, veering into the, 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 like we hit that twice. And I was like, whoa, I, I had no idea she was that exhausted, right? Um, and so it, it so chat GPT, look, look at that coming through. And then the number, the fifth one was, if you're unsure about what to talk about, suggest specific talk topics that interest you both or that you believe could lead to more engaging conversations. So last night, Michelle and I were hanging out in the living room as we do, just kind of winding down, um, having some light conversation, listening to some, uh, some music. And instead of being like, hey, I was bored, um, <laughs> I said, um, I noticed that when we, um, I, I know this is what I said. I said, I enjoy when we have breakfast and lunch together where, you know, I'm reading the newspaper and you brought your, your you brought your laptop and then getting some work done. And we kind of chatter back and forth through that. We typically do that. We haven't done it in a while. Like on Sunday mornings, we go have brunch somewhere, and I grab like the New York Times, and and she'd bring her laptop, and you know, and I and and so as we're eating breakfast and reading and and working, kind of like she's doing some light work, firing off emails. We're having a chatter, like either I'm talking to her about what I'm reading, or she's sharing with me uh, what she's working on. But I really enjoy that time. We're outdoors, it's daytime. Um, we're both engaged in something, but we're also, you know, have space to check in with each other. And then we typically go for a long walk. So then there is a period where um, we don't have any distractions between us. But there's something about us having some type of engaging activity as we, when we're sitting down with each other that uh, I, I find rewarding and nourishing. And, and she, uh, at least what she shared with me, seems to enjoy it also. So I said to her, I go, you know, is there a way we can do that at nighttime for dinner? And she was like, yeah, you just let me know that that's what you want to do and, and we can do that. Now, obviously, like when we go out with friends, we wouldn't do such a thing. But my point is, is sometimes... Um, when we find something isn't working for us, it's key to notice when it does work for you. Like I was noticing at night when we have dinner together, just one-on-one, I find myself kind of bored and restless and, and, and looking around. Um, but during the day when, you know, I'm reading the newspaper and she has her, her laptop, like it feels engaging. There's something fun and energetic and dynamic about it. And, and then the beautiful part is there is that space where when we go for that nice 
you know, half hour to two hour walk or meander around that then we, we get a, a deeper connection, right? Um, so really discovering in your life, what is working for you? What, when do you enjoy it? When do you enjoy the conversation, the, the connection? And then how do you scale that? How do you multiply that? Because a, a lot of times we can take a, a part of our life, a part of our relationship that doesn't work and think that that is indicative of the entire relationship, that that's indicative of the entire conversation. And also, I'll note that because I've been reading a lot of um, classic literature, and just really great books with amazing dialogue. It's 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 um it's increased the standard of what I want and expect in conversation, right? I'm reading Oscar Wilde, um, especially Oscar Wilde. If you read any Oscar, if you read uh, the Picture of Dorian Gray or the Sorrows of Young Werther or any of these books where the the speech and the prose is so eloquent and sharp and um I, like i i aspire to to be able to to speak like that to to express myself in such ways it's is is and I, and i know it's unrealistic people in real life don't talk like that i just saw a movie the other day um miller's girl right which i highly recommend and i highly don't recommend it. It's a it's a both and right where uh, it just depends on what you're in the mood for it. But it's it's a movie that kept me thinking about. It. It's kind of like Dream Scenario, where with a uh, Nicolas Cage. But Miller's Girl is like this small art house film that uh, is in some ways uh, erotic, but not visually erotic, just verbally erotic, suggestively erotic but you don't you don't see anything um but the but the 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 dialogue was so rich in the conversations they were having you know like i love that i think it's part of why people loved um what was the show with scandal right like that quick fire that rapid back and forth the 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 quitty the 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 witty uh remarks and you know, just people always saying the the perfect thing at the perfect time, and you know, it's just like you go, oh, I can talk like that, and it's people don't talk like that. It's it's it's, it's preposterous, but I, I recognize that um, that impulse in me of like, oh, this is how people should talk, and it's like that. No, that's that's preposterous. People don't always talk like that. So, but I do remember. I have a friend, he's been married for 50 years, 60 years, and he talks about how he and his wife go to dinner every single night. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, you know, he's retired. He's like, I golf. And so, you know, now, uh, well, every night that now that he's retired, he's like, yeah, I golf. And then um, I take my wife out uh, every night. And I go, what do you talk about every night? It's just you two, the kids are out. He goes, oh, man, you know, I just talk about, you know, what I've read in the newspaper. And, you know, she talks about her day. And he's like, I, I'll, I'll bring a newspaper with me. And I was like, wow. And when, and when I read books, you know, these, these classic literature, this was a practice that people had where, you know, people would be over 
and they would have someone read the news of the day and they would read the news of the day to each other as a way of of uh of communicating of having a conversation of of stimulating and and engaging their minds so my point is find what works for you find explore try out different things your way of communicating conversing connecting is not going to look like everyone else's and it doesn't have to be okay with how you and your relationship communicate effectively because what we tend to do is you know i'm like well i'm able to talk to my sister for two hours my and my other sister for an hour and my other you know like and so i go well why can't i talk to my girlfriend like that why can't we have the same because our relationship isn't isn't that but there are other things that that we do that i couldn't do in my relationship um or in my conversation with my sisters or with uh with other friends so you'll you'll notice that it's what you can do with one person is not what you can do with everyone everyone is different the way you talk to a kid is going to be different the way you talk to your parents is going to be different the way you talk to your coworkers, right so it's about really acknowledging the relationship and the dynamic and appreciating it and then figuring out how to make that work for you. I hope that this episode worked for you. Um, if you find yourself bored at work with, with, in a relationship, in a conversation, I hope that you, you feel like you have the space to, to, sh- to share that, um, maybe not so directly, but you know, talking about what you do enjoy and, and are there ways that we can scale that and multiply that? I think that's the biggest lesson learned is um, not to come at, um, you know, confrontation and conversation doesn't have to necessarily be um, direct and blaming, right? It could be about acknowledging and being aware of what I enjoy and what I love and how do we do more of that? How do we get back to that? I appreciate you taking the time to tune in, take seven seconds and share this episode with one other person. That's all I ask. One other person and ask yourself, hey, what do you do when you have in, you know, uh, feel bored, whether it's at work, at home, in a conversation? How do you keep the, or how do you keep the conversation going in your uh, friendships or in your relationships when you're at dinner? Do you find yourself struggling to keep up or do you feel, sometimes pe- people feel, um, performative, right? Where they are acting like they're more engaged and excited than they really are. Um, And so really letting this, asking a question that can help expand the the narrative uh, of this podcast, of this episode. So thank you for tuning in. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you calling the 988 or any of the other 800 numbers. You can chat, talk, text, You can go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together.